Yeah, I just felt like I really needed um, like extra support right now. I'm kind of struggling. Um, my grandma like passed away last week, which was not shocking or surprising, but still like sad and disappointing, I guess. Yeah, was she ill? Yeah, she had um, lung cancer and then she had dementia and she got pneumonia and um, she was 93 or something. So she was pretty old and lived a really long life, but it's still like she was my only grandparent I ever had. So I was really, really, really close with her. I, I live five minutes from her. I'd see her all the time and it's kind of like losing a second mom in a way. That's a big deal. How have you been handling this? Um, I mean, I surprisingly feel fine. Her wake is tonight. Um, I really hate funerals and wakes. They're like the most triggering thing for me ever. My whole body feels sick when I go to one. It's just like too much. But I don't know. I... I don't feel like super depressed about her death. I kind of in a way feel not happy, but relieved. I mean, it's like sad that she won't be here, but I'm really spiritual. So I don't feel like she's gone. I just feel like I can't see her anymore, but I feel like she's still there. So I don't know. I think I've been like crying every now and then, but for the most part, I'm handling a lot better than I thought I would. I think because I'm so used to used to it. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, the worst is a big surprise comes out of nowhere. This, I can understand what you say. There's a certain amount of relief involved. And once you get past that wake funeral kind of thing, it could just get a lot easier because that's a dreadful thing to have to look forward to. Yeah, they're definitely not fun. And my grandma was, she was really suffering towards the end of her life. Um, she was miserable and I didn't like seeing her like that. It was really hard to see her like struggling to breathe and gasping. And she, she was just like, I'm in so much pain. So I feel like I felt really bad and it, it will suck because she was kind of at like the core of our family. Like back in the day because we're like a big Italian family we'd go to her house on Sundays for pasta and meatballs and now it's just it's not so much her death but it's more the um the change that I have a hard time dealing with I'm not very good at dealing with transitions so I think that's like the hardest part for me to accept is that I won't be going to her house anymore our family won't be getting together on Christmas anymore like that so it kind of sucks because especially with COVID the last two years, we weren't able to get together with her. So. Yeah, this is a difficult thing. And it sounds like she was like the matriarch and the mm -hmm. glue in the family. Yeah, she was great. She's, she was like one of my favorite people on the earth. So. Yeah. It's rough. So, yeah. So that's been adding a little bit more stress than usual and um yeah I'm I'm kind of concerned because I won't have insurance for a month in the like interim period between like November to January so I feel like a little worried for myself be like for my mental health going a month or two without therapy 
but I got on a couple of wait lists for the, um, for like therapy. So hopefully I just kind of don't know what to do with myself for the next month. Okay. Yeah. And, um, other than that, I guess something I wanted to talk to you about was that Nick and I are back together and it's really? not going well. <laughs> so. Oh no. How did this whole thing occur? So I think the last time we spoke was in August or September and we had separated for not very long. Um, and he broke up with me and then a couple days later he was just like, I didn't mean to break up with you. It was an accident. I meant to take a break instead. And he did not mean to take a break. He very clearly broke up with me. But again, he'd never been in like a relationship before. So I guess he doesn't know what that entails. So I just gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I was just like, all right, let's talk this out. If you want to be in the relationship, then we'll stay in the relationship. So we ended up getting back together. And per usual, as expected, things were fine for a few weeks. He actually got into therapy, which was great. Um, but he's only going like twice a month or something like that. It's not weekly. And I thought that was big for him to get into therapy. But then like our couple sessions stopped. And I feel like neither of us are happy. And I feel like the relationship kind of needs to end, but I don't, not that I don't want it to. I think it would be in our best interest for both of us if it ended, but it's just really hard because he's like my best friend. Like I literally have no one in my life, like no one. I have one friend and even that one friend I can't count on. It's not reliable. So I feel like it's kind of selfish why I'm staying in the relationship because I feel like if I don't have him, I'll literally have no one to talk to, no one to see, no one to do anything with. Yeah, that's a real predicament and I get it. Um, is there something that you can think of to make things better or even move in the direction of not needing his company so much? As far as making things better, I don't know because I feel like we are very different. We have very different values, very different mindsets. And I feel like I've never felt this bad about myself in a relationship before. Like I've obviously been in very like abusive relationships, but I was thinking of it this way. They were the bad guy in my mind. Like I, I was trying to fix them. They were mean, they were abusive. So I was kind of like, they're the problem. And in this entire relationship, it feels completely reversed. Like, I feel like I'm the monster. I'm the problem. And it's making me hate myself because I've never felt like this before. I, I feel like this is odd, but as far as my diagnosis goes, back a few years ago, I was diagnosed with, like, bipolar disorder. And that really resonated for me at the time. But now, in the last year or so, I feel like... I have like some sort of borderline personality disorder tendencies going on. Like I feel very manipulative. I feel very needy and clingy 
And it's only been in this relationship. It's never been in any other relationship. So I just feel really confused by my behavior. I mean, it's it's definitely a progression. It's not a comfortable one, but it's like in the past, you were good and they were bad, right? And now you're bad and he's good. So you're finally internally working whereas before you were externalizing I mean it was all real too but that's what we do is we choose something that resonates with what's going on inside so right now you're more able to focus on okay yourself tolerating negative feelings about yourself or learning how to be the values that you ascribe to right so it doesn't feel good, I, I'm sure, but this is sort of a good step, right? Because what you ultimately want is the balanced view of both of you, right? Yeah. So it's not a bad idea to try to work through some of this. Um, he normally seems like a person who's not really trying to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, he may say things that make you feel, you know, this and that. Um, but that's sort of good grist for the mill here because you need to improve your self-image, your self-esteem, your love for yourself. So what do you think? Yeah, I almost feel sometimes like it would be easier if the relationship just ended so I wouldn't feel so bad about myself. And... It's so much related to internal projection on him and me assuming, like, last night we got into, not a fight, but an argument, I guess, and I felt like he was mad at me, and he said, I swear I'm not mad at you, and I left feeling like, wow, he hates me. Like, it's just so extreme. Like, my emotions are so dysregulated. I feel like if he goes hang hang out with his friends it means he doesn't want to spend time with me. And lately I've just been so sensitive to like rejection and per it's all perceived rejection on my end, but he'll be talking on the phone with his friend or hanging out with someone that's not me. And I take that to mean he doesn't like spending time with me. He's tired of me. Like it's, it's so weird. I, I don't know why I feel like that, but that's just how I feel. Well, it sounds like you feel that way in the moment, but afterwards you're able to question it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it feels like a rejection. Like, um, I don't know, everything he does or says, I take to mean something about my value and to prove that I'm not worth it. And I just don't feel like he loves me. And then it makes me angry. And I feel like he's fed up with me and he says he's not fed up with me but then I do things so that he's actually fed up with me and then I like it's it just makes no sense and it's really exhausting it definitely is and you're just in a prime position to learn how to not do that right it's like you've invested a lot of mental and emotional energy into him he's very important to your mental health not just in oh if he's nice to me i feel good it's like 
he can really help you. He can be very healing because you've put that on him. You've decided that he's the one who can help you feel good or not good and help you actually regulate your emotions. And again, since he's not looking to harm you, it's like a good transference because of how you're investing your emotions in him. If you didn't care, it wouldn't be so important what he thinks. Yeah, I definitely care because I know that if I just break up with him, I'm going to find another person that this pattern repeats with. So it's probably best I nip it in the bud and deal with it rather than run away from it and like deflect. But I don't know, is that good to invest in someone like that to make you feel good or bad? I'm just a little confused about that part. Well, good according to whom? Like, what do you mean by good? Like, I don't want to rely on someone else for my sense of self or identity or validation, which I think I do a lot. And I know you said this is like a prime position to learn from. And and I completely agree because he asked me last night while we were in this conflict and I have really poor conflict resolution skills, like zero to none. And he was just like, why don't you communicate with me how you're feeling? And I just felt so like overwhelmed and started dissociating and I couldn't tell him how I was feeling because I'm so petrified of doing that because I feel like whenever I tell someone how I'm feeling, they invalidate me, they shut me down, they tell me that I have no right to feel that way or they completely dismiss me. So I've developed this unhealthy coping mechanism of just not saying anything and then feeling resentful. It's a pattern. It is a pattern that he actually can help you with if you let him, because projecting onto him is really the only way you can start to internalize the reality. Do you know what, um, oh my goodness, I'm trying to think of the term. It's, something identification and it has to do with exactly what we're talking about let me just try to look this up real quick because this is something i want you to um learn about projective identification okay it means that exactly what is happening here i like to describe it as okay let's say you go to macy's with a friend And you see a pair of earrings and you like them. But rather than try them on yourself because there's no mirror, you tell the friend, can you try these on so I can see if I like it? And if I like it, I'll buy it. Okay? That's the projective identification. You're feeling a certain way and you're putting it on him. Now, when you... Okay. When you start to work on it externally, you can fix it and then accept it back in. And that's that's it. Once you do that, you're golden. Now you're a whole person and you don't need that external, oh, I, I, uh, I need to see how this looks. You'll be able to see it inside of 
you, which is really what you want. Yeah, I agree because I don't feel, I was actually listening to, I'm doing this workshop on like inner child healing and they said something about like, if you don't have a strong, sturdy, stable sense of yourself, you'll seek that identity out in relationships and you won't really have much to offer because you don't know what you have to offer, something along those lines. So I feel like I need to build that kind of grit and integrity internally before I start just transferring and projecting and deflecting all that like inner wounding onto other people, which I think I do not in any other relationships besides my romantic ones for some reason. Okay. I mean, it's all simultaneous, right? It's like, as you're doing that projection, which you probably can't stop doing so easily, it's a habit, it's ingrained. So as you're doing that, you can also be asking yourself, what am I feeling? What is happening here? Who am I in this moment? Who do I want to be? All of these questions will help bring this thing to light and make it happen for you in the way that's healing. But it doesn't happen on its own. It absolutely happens in conjunction with somebody else or some other relationship. Yeah, I think that's the struggle for me is identifying what I'm feeling in the moment because I'm awesome at getting the insight after, but by then the damage is already done. And I feel like when I'm triggered, I'm very implosive and reactive. So it's hard for me to mindfully ground myself in those moments and say, what am I feeling? What do I need? Because I'm so detached from my body in a way. Everything you're saying is, it just like makes perfect sense and it's all automatic. That's the problem. Like you say, reactive, right? Reactive is, this is it. This is just, I'm not going to feel it. I'm going to just get it out, you know, and that's it. That's the only way you really know at the moment. So how do you get to that next step where you can stop, put a pause and say, feeling now why am I feeling this urge to whatever fill in the blank and the only way to do that is in relationship with somebody else yeah it's scary for me though and that's why sometimes I am so distant I think and unavailable emotionally in relationships because I feel like like you said, that's the only way we can heal and learn is to work through it in relationship. But I feel like I don't want to damage someone else by being with me. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Nick is going to be scarred after he's done dating me because of how like fucked up I am. So this is part of the whole projection. I'm, I'm just telling you because, you know, he might, he could get he could get hurt but in actuality it's you it's you who's been hurt and you who are protecting yourself all normal but that is part of this whole pattern is not having the boundaries around your own feelings and assuming or projecting that the other person is just like you and is just going to react and be susceptible the way you are if you can 
to decide how he might react or feel or be affected and just keep it to you. Hmm. What is the line between that and not caring about his needs versus focusing on myself? Like it's, see, I think in extremes, so it's hard for me to know that that middle ground where it's, a healthy meeting of both needs versus a dismissing of one person's needs or abandoning my own needs. Good point. I mean, exactly what is happening here is either one or the other. And in order to not do that, you take care of yourself, but then you check in and you say, you know, I've, I've done a lot of talking. I've said a lot of things. Can I get some feedback? What's happening on your end? Mm. That's the difference between assuming and projecting and actually interacting with him as a separate person with his own needs, you know, and showing that you care about him as a separate person. I see. Yeah, it's confusing for me, but I think something that I wanted clarity on that we were talking about last night again i guess it's me projecting is like he was saying he wants to go out and have fun and like be with his friends and do things and he doesn't want to like he basically said i act like i'm 60 years old like i never want to go out or do anything and he said that he only does things i want and we don't do anything he wants which i don't know like i hate going out like I don't know why I hate going out it could be my social anxiety it could be because I'm really introverted but I can only go out like I have to know the time know the day know we're not going to stay there for more than like three hours like I need to know we're leaving or else I get so anxious about it and dread it but he's very like extroverted he always wants to be talking to people and I'm the complete opposite so how do we kind of like meet in the middle on that when it comes to couples everything is a negotiation right it's like okay what's your opening bid your opening bid might be okay i will go out thursday at six as long as we're done by nine and you know i will allow you to get your needs met i'll let you talk and everything and i might be sitting there quietly but I'm at least there right and I'm just taking that step so you're kind of that's your opening bit right you you're starting with something that you feel you could manage and then let's see what he says he may say okay or he may say well I don't know can I tell you tomorrow or you know it just keeps going like that you just keep negotiating until you get to a place like okay, I think I can do this. And then you just build trust. Well, I was thinking that honestly last night when that came up, I was thinking of, well, how about on Sunday we hang out with your friends from 12 to 2 or whatever. But I also said, if you want to hang out with your friends, be my guest, go hang out with them. But I sometimes need to take a step away and recharge because socializing is really draining for me. And he was like, I don't want to go there without you. Like, I want you to come with me. I do all these things for you that I don't like, but I suck it up because I want to spend time with you. So it's like, for me, where do I 
Because if I do these things and I go out and I drink and I party and I stay out till like one o'clock in the morning, I'm going to hate him and I'm going to hate myself the next day. Like, I'll be pissed that I did that. So it's just like, am I being unreasonable? Like, should he be doing things he doesn't like for me? I just, it's all really, like, I'm kind of lost in how to do this while honoring my own needs, but also negotiating with his. Well, there's a, a big difference between how much socializing he may want to do and how much you're willing to tolerate. So the emotional blackmail piece of it of like, I don't want to go without you is a bit of a problem um, and something that both of you will have to come to terms with. It's really a question of, listen, I'm not going to do this all the time. Sometimes you will need to do this on your own if that's what you really want to do but I can't you know kind of go along with everything you want just because you'd like me to be there mm. just he has to see that he can't have his cake and eat it too if he really wants to socialize and you have not agreed to that particular event he's gonna have to do it on his own or he's gonna have to check on his priorities what does he want more? Does he want more you time? Or does he want more partying and socializing? Which is fine. At a certain age, we all make that transition. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's, it's just what happens. And he may not quite be ready. Or he may have to see that what he really wants at this point is more time with you. And then he's got to look to you as to what it is you want to do with that time. That's normal. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I don't know, like I feel like something's wrong with me because I feel so like an outsider, especially when I'm with a group of people or in crowds or with, like I don't really consider his friends, you know some of my friends, but I don't consider them my friends. Like they're just people that I'll see and socialize with but I feel like when I'm with groups or those people like I feel so alone I feel like a loner I feel misunderstood and I don't want to be there because I just feel so lonely when I'm with people like when I'm by myself I'm alone but I'm not lonely but when I'm with other people I don't feel connected to them and then I just get so critical of myself so I don't know why it's so problematic for me to be around other people. And I don't know if it's like me just being maladaptive and just like antisocial. <laughs> so it's just confusing. Is there again. a wall? Is there kind of like a wall, a brick wall between you and others? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm definitely friendly, like, I'll talk to people, but I just feel, like, so unrelatable. And then I f internalize that as something's wrong with me because I don't feel connected to other people in any way. Let's say there was a group of introverted, goal-oriented people in, in your field, and you were, whatever, out to dinner or out at a party or drinks or something, would that be just a little bit easier to talk to people who are pretty much like you? Yeah, I think so. You're not incapable 
of connecting and feeling connected, mm-hmm. you need your tribe. You need people that really you can connect with. And it's possible that these are just not people that you, you know, can connect with or relate to. Hmm. Yeah, because I do feel incapable, but I also feel like I haven't met the right people yet in a way, like you said. And, you know, when you're, when you're intelligent, when you are highly knowledgeable in a certain area, that's what it is. It just gets harder and harder. If you're just like a hail and hearty, well-met kind of person, like, hey, you know, let's party and not too deep. Oh, that's so easy, right? But you have a lot more inside. And you're, you know, you have sort of a direction or interests or a sense of like deepness in how you feel and how you think. I mean, everything you say shows incredible consideration of what's going on. Like, you get it. I don't think most people do. And so it does get harder to find people that are your equals. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know. I think for me, like, when I go to, like out in nature or I do like reading or go to yoga like it's very life-giving for me but when I do things like and I don't know if this is just me being judgmental like people my age they like going to bars and clubs and drinking and like when I do that kind of stuff it's like life taking from me like I have no interest in doing that whatsoever so I don't know because yesterday he said well you wanted to go to this yoga retreat the other day and you were socializing there and yet you don't want to like hang out with my friends. So I was just like, I didn't know what to say because it just feels so different for me. The environment I it think, is, is important. The environment, what's required, who you feel you have to be to fit in there. Yeah. But instead I feel like you make it like your problem. I'm not good enough because I'm not fitting into this environment that's really not me. When you could just as easily say, actually, that's just not my speed. I'm, you know, this is how I do things. This is what I'm interested in. Something more spiritual, something Mm -hmm. more uh, calmness or related to a higher power or whatever it is. That's you. And that's okay. And in fact... It's actually admirable. So don't let anyone make you feel like you're less than because that's what you like and you don't like the, you know, what they like. Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like, I don't know, I constantly blame myself for everything in the relationship or just everything in general. Like, I'm always the one that ends up apologizing and saying sorry and second guessing myself. And it just feels really bad because other people don't apologize. It's always me being like, I'm sorry because of my daddy issues and emotional unavailability. I said this last night and it always makes me feel even worse because I feel like that's proof that I'm the issue. So it just sucks. What else can you say other than I'm sorry? Is is there something else? Hmm. 
I don't know because I feel like it's good to apologize to an extent, but it's not apologizing anymore. It's me saying sorry for who I am. And then I feel like a waste of space and like a mistake and incapable. Okay, so you do see that there is a difference between saying, I'm sorry, we got in a fight yesterday. Um, and you could then say I was in a bad mood or I was cranky or I just didn't understand where you were coming from or, or something. Not, I'm sorry, I'm such a loser or whatever it is that you might be implying. There's a difference there. And you could also say, you know, I think we really left off in a bad place last night. And I, I hope that we can pick this up and, and just talk more today after we've had a minute to think. That's okay. You don't have to, like, throw yourself on your sword in order to keep things moving. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I just, again, like, I agree with that completely. I just get kind of confused I guess it's with the boundary piece like last night um long story short but my cousin like asked me some to do something and I said no and then he kept prying me and I got really angry because when I say no to someone which I rarely say no Elisa like it's really hard for me to say no but when I do I feel like people disregard it and try to pressure or persuade me to change my mind so I got really triggered with that and then Nick came near me and he was going out with my cousin and he asked me if I wanted to come and I was like no get off of me I don't want to see you like I was I guess very reactive again and then we talked about it maybe an hour later and he's like you can't take your bad moods out on me like every time you get triggered I'm not the punching bag to treat like shit and I was like I'm sorry like I got triggered because I said no and then this person didn't care I said no and he was like, well, you use your trauma as an excuse. Everyone has trauma, but you don't see me taking my anger out on other people. And he told me it was unreasonable to get angry when I say no and people don't hear my no because they're not my perpetrator. So I have to stop living in the trauma. So I don't know if he's right or if I'm just completely invalidated because it felt really invalidating. But I don't know if he's right. I think he's off the mark. I think that he's got some kind of point, but he's missing the point. And the point really is to have a boundary between what just happened and what's coming at you now, right? You have every right to get, like, irritated or annoyed. It's just can you stop doing that and turn here and now deal with him as a separate issue? Yeah, I think they get muddied and tangled for me for some reason. It's boundaries. It's understanding where that bad mood came from and how you're feeling about it and realizing that he's got nothing to do with it. This is a, a different scenario. It's not a carryover. It's like separate, right? And you can even say to him, and this is perfectly valid, listen, I, I just cannot, I'm like all worked up right now. Can I get back to you? Or don't ask me now. Or, you know, if you ask me now, I'm just going to say no because I'm just coming off of this. Like, that's okay. 
Is that something you yeah. would say? I'm sighing because he did say something to that extent um, last night. He was like, do you want to just ask? Well, no, he didn't say, do you want to? He said, let's just ask this conversation and talk about it tomorrow. And while that was probably the smart thing to do because we weren't, wouldn't be as, I guess, like emotionally, I don't know, triggered today, it wouldn't be like so deeply personal. I felt like when he said that, it meant, I don't want to see you anymore. Like, I'm over you. So I was just like, no, I don't want to have this conversation tomorrow. Do you not want to talk right now? Like, I took it again personally as he's tired of me and he's giving up on me. When someone else attempts to put a boundary on something and it's not something you're comfortable with, it does feel like a rejection. It really does. And that's why I knew immediately you were going to say, no, I want to finish this now or I want to <laughs> discuss it now because it, it feels like a rejection. And all he's really doing is he's putting a boundary on this in the moment. He probably mm-hmm. gets the sense, yeah, this may not be a good time, mm-hmm. right? And he's not able to articulate it in a way that would help you. Okay, he's not a therapist, so he doesn't really know how to choose his words that way. But is it possible you could, in that moment, say, are you saying this because you think mm-hmm. this conversation just won't go anywhere right now and you want to talk about it tomorrow? What's happening? See if he can explain it to you in a way that doesn't feel so rejecting. Yeah. It's weird, Elisa, because I have those thoughts in my mind. Like, um, when we were talking last night, I was like, use words like when you say that I hear rather than saying you are saying, like, talking at me. Like, I have those good, like, therapeutic modalities in my mind to have a healthy conversation, but it doesn't come out like that. Like, I have that in my mind, but whatever comes out of my mouth is just defensive. It means you're progressing. It's in your mind. It's not like nowhere. It's not like you don't get it. It's just really hard to get there, mm-hmm. to allow the emotions to take a back seat so you could say something, you know, to, to be contained emotionally. Um, excellent. I mean, you are working on this. I know it doesn't feel excellent. I get mm-hmm. it. Um, but it's all moving in the right direction. Well, that's good to hear because I feel like I just get nowhere. Like, I've been in therapy for, I'm 27, like, half of my life at this point. And I feel like I'm making no progress. If anything, I'm regressing. Uh Uh-uh. Not what I've seen just in the short time I've known you. First of all, you came in with very good articulation which means not only are you introspective, but you kind of understand to a degree what's going on. And you just need to like take all of that um, intellectual knowledge and meet your feelings. Like they've got to get joined. Yeah. Okay. And I think that you're getting there. You're, you know, it's getting closer and closer. Just keep going. We should keep talking because every time one of these occurs, I can help you with it and you can actually grow. 
Yeah, that's why I wanted to hear your feedback because I don't want, like, my one friend, like, I tell her what's going on sometimes and she's like, fuck him, like, you deserve so much better and, like, I don't want to hear that. Like, I want a neutral, unbiased opinion and, like, honest feedback on how I can improve, not just saying he's right, you're wrong, or you're wrong, He like, you know? It really isn't about right and wrong, is it? it? It's about how do you get where you want to be? And I think you're moving in that direction because you're, you're not saying to me exactly that, like right and wrong, black and white. You understand that there's room to get to the middle. And it, it's definitely true. And I do see him as someone who's capable of helping you get there. That's good. Yeah, I definitely have the um, insight, but now it's just all about applying it and following through with my actions. Well, that's what, you know, Freud had said. It's like, if only insight would be enough, but it isn't. It's working through. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part is it's kind of like, oh, yeah, it's probably easy to lose weight, but can you maintain it? Well, that's what we're trying to do here is get the insight and make it match to your feelings mm-hmm. yeah okay <laughs> thank you good